0: Jesus Christ, last week you looked most likely on um, to Lord's Day 45. And you were probably reminded again that the Lord is pleased and that He will hear our prayers if we pray heartily and humbly, confidently and obediently as Christ has taught us. This afternoon we will begin to look at the prayer that the Lord and Savior himself taught us. The Lord Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, taught us this prayer. Now, that does not mean of course that we may never pray in order prayer. Not at all. But with this prayer, the Lord taught us, first of all, of how to approach God in our prayers. And then he also teaches us what we should pray for. And last week, Sunday afternoon, the Catechism taught us that we may pray for all things we need for body and soul. Now, speaking about the Lord's Prayer, we speak about that prayer with the Lord taught his disciples to pray. And in Luke 11... We can read it. Also Matthew 6 of course. But also Luke 11. And in Luke Luke 11 we read. That one of the Lord's disciples said to him. Lord teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. And then he said to to them. To his disciples. When you pray. Say father. And so on. So, that means that you must be a disciple of the Lord Jesus in order to address God as Father in your prayer. And disciples of the Lord are all the people that from the heart confess that they are not their own, but that they belong with body and soul, both in life and in death to their faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this afternoon we will, with Lord's Day 46, as our guide, Look closer to Christ's command to address God in our prayers as Father, as our Father who is in heaven. And we do that under the team. our Savior instructs us to address our prayer to our Father in heaven. And then we look at that in two, two ways. First, we look at who the Father is to us. And then we look at what it means, then, to, to be his children. So who this father is to us? Our father who is in heaven. These very first words, this address of the prayer that the Lord teaches us, does also not mean that we never may address God in any other way. We can read in the Bible different prayers from God's people in which God is addressed in different ways. In the book of Acts, we read that the apostles and also the believers addressed their prayer by saying, Lord, or sovereign Lord. You can also read that in Revelation 6, verse 10. But the souls under the altar... The souls of the, sl- of the slain for the word of God and the witness they of the born address God as O sovereign Lord, holy and true. So what does the Lord Jesus mean then? When He teaches us and says, When you pray, say Father. What he means is that we may pray, yes to the almighty, the all-knowing, the righteous and Judge God, to the infinite, holy and unchangeable and sovereign God, that even before we pray, we must realize and believe that this great and awesome God is, for Christ's sake, our Father. That's what he is to us. That's to whom we pray. Our father, our heavenly father. And that means that we may, must come to him not in fear and trembling as slaves. Not afraid as criminals before a righteous judge. But with childlike reverence. Not hesitant and in doubt, but with childlike Trust. So it is then much about our attitude, our <coughs> mindset by which we a pray, approach God in prayer. That's why the Lord Jesus said, when you pray, you say, Father. It's about the mindset when we pray. Lord Jesus teaches us to, teaches us to say, our oh, Father, in order to teach us right at the beginning of our prayer. How close God is to us now that we belong to his son. God Almighty has for Christ's sake adopted us as his own children and as such we are so very dear to him. And this is what we need to have in our mind when we approach him in prayer. Even even if it is to confess something, some, some really bad sin in our lives. Then still we confess it to him, but us children to their father. Our sins doesn't negate God's fatherhood over us. Our father, my father, this is what I have done. And we don't cringe like a criminal before, before a strict judge. We go humbly as children to a loving father. For who is our heavenly father? He is God who, Jesus, who in Jesus Christ shows us his fatherly love. He is, he is our father. He is the God who did not spare his only begotten son but gave him up for us all, so that we can be his children. That God is our Father. Who is our Father? He is God, who has set his holy throne in the heavens, but who also dwells with the humble and the lowly of heart. That's our Father. Who is our Father? He is God, who is holy and majestic, and who rides upon the clouds, for who the whole earth trembles, And he holds the whole world in his hand. But who at the same time is a father to the fatherless. And to the defender of the widows. And the rewarder of all those who diligently seek him. (coughs) As their father. We must address God as our father. As children. And that is unspeakable comfort. It brings us right at the beginning in His embrace. It turns God's holy throne into the throne of grace. Where we may freely ask for all our needs, where we may freely pour out all our worries, our sorrows, our anxieties, our heartaches, our lack of faith. We may address God as Our Father. And so, brothers and sisters, take some time, think about it, meditate upon it. We make our God Almighty Father. Look up in the uh, Look up to the sky in a clear mind. See the moon and those millions of stars. They all run their course, guided by his hand. They shine all to his, unto his glory and then say it. They are all in the hand of my father. Look at the great mountains. Massive, unmovable. But to him, they are but dust. And at the sound of, the, of his voice, they tremble and they melt. Try to imagine that and say again, that's my father. And so, do your problems seem unsolvable? Your father father knows all things. And for him, nothing is impossible. Is it too hard for you to express your sorrows and emotions with words? He knows it before there is even a word upon your tongue. That's your father. Are your sins so great... That you're afraid to talk to anyone about it. That every time you think about it, you feel bad, terrible. He knows them. And he also knows your shame and your fear. For he is your father. Confess to him. As he stands ever ready to forgive you completely. He's your father and his grace is greater than all your sins. Are your enemies too many, too mighty? He is the God of heavenly host, your father is. Are you alone and lonely? You're ever within his arms. Do you feel forsaken? He always loved you and he ever will. Father, think about that before your prayer. That is how you draw near to him. Abraham and Sarah learned in their old age that nothing is impossible with God. And they received a promised child. Same thing with Zechariah and Elizabeth. They received their long prayed for child, although Zechariah really believed that it was impossible. The Virgin Mary experienced what not one human being would have deemed possible. She gave birth to the Son of God. And we all personally have experienced something which is, humanly speaking, totally impossible. And that is that God, our Father, can make us from us fallen into sin people who by nature are hostile to him and to each other. And who by nature are self-immaterialistic and like to be in God to themselves. He makes of such people sons and daughters of him who love him, and he made haters of God, lovers of God, and lovers of the neighbor. Now, if he is able to do such impossible things, what problem of yours can be too much for him? What struggle of yours to fear What goal we stumble to reach. Too high for him. And what request. Too hard. Nothing is impossible. For our father. He is our loving father. He will. Give us never more than we are able to carry. And he gives. Us. Whatever. Whatever. Is good for us. And the evil that is destroying others, he turns to our good, your father. He is our father who is continually on the lookout for lost sons and daughters. What a good thing. That father, what a good father we have. You lose. Looks for those lost sons and others who return to him. And then he shows them that he never stopped loving them. This God is our father. And he is our God forever and ever. Let's now in a second point look at what it means to be his children. Now, so everyone who may call God his or her father may also call himself or herself God's child. And so in a way, we could say that our praying is a child drawn near to its father. And it's so important for all of us to remember praying to our heavenly father is child's work. You see, somehow there has crept into the, uh, into the mind of many Believe is the idea that good prayer is difficult. And that prayer, and a good prayer, takes some special gift. Others believe that praying is much better when a lot of people pray for them. And, and they fondly announce that in a matter of hours they can have an, an enormous email chain or, or, or text chain, whatever you call it. And if hundreds or more people praying for you, but the truth is, that prayer to our Father is not a matter of skill and it's not about numbers. It's child's work. When you pray, say. Father. the prayer of one who is just new to the faith is as much a prayer as from those who have known the Lord all their lives the prayer of a 5 year old believer is not less a prayer than the prayer of an 80 years old believer they are both children of the Father. when we then, as children, in our prayers, draw near to our Heavenly Father, then that drawing near must not only be with our words, but we must have in our heart that childlike love and trust for God our Father. So how do we get that? It is by meditating every time again upon the wonder that God Almighty is our Father, as He did in our first point. Without that childlike trust, we reduce our prayers to the prayers of those who do not have God as their father. And if you do that, then God is still your father and he will act as your father, but you do not experience the peace of having told your almighty father. Childlike prayer and childlike trust is asking for something and then trusting that your father hurt you and that he in just the right time will do what's best he will take care of you that's that trust that's all it is and so if you do not immediately receive what you're asking for you're just like a child you may keep on asking for it You may pray and do not give up, the Lord Jesus said. But at the same time, you strive to trust that what you receive from your father is of all things the best. This is why our Lord's Day teaches us that we may approach God, our father, as his children with that childlike trust. That childlike trust that he will much less deny us what we ask of him in true faith than our fathers would refuse us the earthly things. What we ask of him in true faith. And, and, and so sometimes you hear people saying that the Lord hears your prayers only if you really believe it. And it makes have made a lot of, of believers somewhat hopeless at times. And and, and it is true that. In the letter of James you read that when we ask God we must believe and not doubt or otherwise we will not receive. But that must never make us, God's children, think that our Father's answer to our prayer depends upon the power of our faith. Please don't think that. That it all depends on the strength of our believing, that that somehow sways our Father. Who loves us. right? That's why we read a piece in in scripture. The father himself loves you. It doesn't depend upon the strength and the power of our believing. That's not true. How could the Lord have ever even heard that prayer of the father in Mark 9 verse 24. I believe, help me in my unbelief. Asking in true faith means nothing more than that you believe that for the sake of your Savior God is your Father. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He, he hears you. He answers you. And that he will give you all things necessary for body and soul. You believe that? Isn't it? He gives you all things necessary for body and soul, all things. Just believe that. You believe that your Heavenly Father loves you and that His ear is always open to your prayers, no matter how long, no matter how short. Asking in faith means that you believe that your father in heaven will not give you a stone when you ask him for bread. He may give you bread when you ask for a stone, but not the other way around. Much more than our earthly fathers, he will give good things to his children, even the Holy Spirit, if you ask him for these things. Asking in true faith means that that you believe that he hears you and that he will do what's eternally best for you. That you believe that he has always loved you. That's asking in true faith. Yes, when we then look at ourselves, at our so often wavering faith, our struggle against our sins and unbelief, then we might say, yeah, my faith is so weak. Why should he hear me? Well, the answer is that he hears us not for the sake of our faith. Either great or small. But that he always hears you just for Christ's sake. And that he always loves you just for Christ's sake. No, our prayer, our crying out to him is not a test of our having faith. Our Heavenly Father will not grade our prayers. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And he remembers that they are dust. No, your prayer is not a test of your faith. But it is the evidence of your faith. However weak it might be. Without faith you would never pray to your Heavenly Father. Before you pray with your mouth, he is already listening to your heart. Isn't it awesome to be his child? so then be his child live like and pray like his child he hears the chirping of a swallow and, he, and the cry of the ravens how much more will he hear even the soundless sigh of your heart before they call I will answer and while they are yet speaking I will hear promises the Lord in Isaiah 65 verse 4 we are God's children, and it also means that we then also show, as our Catholicism says, childlike reverence to our heavenly Father. Just as children are supposed to show reverence to their father, to their parents, children showing reverence, and that sounds almost ancient in our time. We're living in the in the age of the child. Reverence for your father and mother sounds like coming from the earlier century. Reverence, even respect for parents, is a concept that in our broader society has just disappeared. Many children, and you probably, probably have seen it too, maybe experienced it, they act as if their parents exuse, exist only to please them. And that, in turn, is done by so many parents in our time are always catering to them it's not the time our time that children have chores and serve their parents it's more the time that parents after a long day work step in the car and drive them all over the province to attend all the things the children need things have changed aren't they but it is in this time parents that you need to teach teach your children what it is to come with childlike reverence to their heavenly father, and that's very hard to do if they don't know what it is to have reverence for their earthly father. So ask the Lord for wisdom, for strength, to teach the children reverence for their father and mother. Maybe that whole attitude of children towards their parents, and that comes down from the attitude of parents towards their children, is the reason is the reason for the increasingly casual and irreverent attitude towards God that more and more pervades the prayers in mainstream Christianity, and but it also has snuck into the speech and the prayers of many of so-called Conservative, reform people. And and how offensive. Must the casual and demanding prayers. Which are becoming more and more popular in our time. Sound in the ears of him. Whose only begotten son was reverent. And obedient to him. Even to the point of death. For our sakes. How insulting must be the casual tone of so many prayers in our time of to him whose eternal son prayed while the sweat of agony poured down like drops of blood upon the ground of seminary, my father not my wills but yours be done can you imagine God a father and then somebody talking to him like almost talking down to him Maybe you've heard it too. See our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ Himself, showing that childlike reverence when He prayed this prayer Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And if so, the natural Son of God, how much more should God's adopted children show that? Childlike reverence. And childlike reverence is not the reverence of a slave. That's fearful reverence. That's not how our heavenly father wants his children to approach him. Childlike reverence is trusting reverence. A loving reverence. Childlike reverence. Accept all good things in thankfulness. It receives the Father's discipline and humility and his training willingly. At the very beginning of our prayers, we may the Almighty, we may address the Almighty, all-knowing, holy and majestic God as our Father who is in heaven. And to us that means great honor and it gives us unspeakable comfort and high in the heavens God our Father is pleased for by saying our Father who is in heaven we as his children trustingly and believingly put our life in his Father's hands and that is the most important work of our thankfulness Amen